0: Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom Haverim! That's Hebrew for hello, friends, and Shabbat Shalom. That's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. Today on Bagels and Blessings, you'll hear my interview with Josh Turnill. It's really a lot of fun, and I've got great music for you, too. Stay with me, and I'll be right back. and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shema Yisrael. We are a Messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Please join us for worship. And while you are in the building, Be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open Mondays from 6 to 8 p.m., Tuesdays by appointment, Wednesdays from 3 to 8 p.m., Thursdays from 3 to 6 p.m., and up to 30 minutes after services on Saturdays. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585 484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit Congregation Shema Yisrael and now when you make a purchase at the fig tree bookstore you can fill out a raffle ticket those names will be drawn for a prize from bagels and blessings so those of you in the rochester area be sure to visit congregation shema Royale in the fig tree bookstore and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from bagels and blessings
3: This is Jonathan Sattel and you are listening to Bagels and Blessings.
0: Once upon a time there was a singing group that traveled all around the world singing songs about Yeshua and giving their testimonies. They were called Liberated Wailing Wall and they were a division of Jews for Jesus. Well, later on you're going to hear my interview with Josh Turnill. Josh recorded a bunch of songs that were sung by Liberated Wailing Wall, and I'm going to share them with you here in this broadcast. He has a wonderful voice. This one is called Great and Wonderful. Great and wonderful are thy wondrous deeds, O Lord God the
1: Almighty. Just and true are all thy ways, O Lord King of the ages art thou. Who shall not fear and glorify thy name, O Lord? For thou alone art holy, thou alone. All the nations shall come and worship thee, for thy glory shall be revealed. Hallelujah! O Lord God, the Almighty, just and true are all thy ways, O Lord, King of the ages art thou.
0: Wow. You know, a lot of these songs are the first songs I heard as a Messianic Jew back in 1976. I heard songs from the group Lamb, Israel's Hope, and then Liberated Wailing Wall, and oh my goodness, the first time I ever saw them come and sing, I just about fell off my seat. They wore costumes and they were so full of energy, and I just fell in love with them and the music. And... When I lived in New York City, I had the opportunity to sing with the Juice for Jesus singers. They were similar to Liberated Wheeling Wall, but we didn't wear costumes and we didn't travel beyond New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey. But it was so much fun. Hallelujah. Well, this is Ethel Chadwick. You're listening to Bagels and Blessings. I'll be right back. I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent Air Heating and Cooling. 585-889-7840. The songs I'm playing today come from a CD called Praise and Glory, Josh Turnill. This next song is called Let Us Exalt His Name Together. And I have memories of visiting a congregation in Buffalo. And I had just gone through a divorce from my first husband. And I was a single parent and feeling really sad. And I walked into the congregation, and they were singing this song in worship, and I just had tears running down my face. So I have always loved this song.
1: Him. His praise will be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble one will hear of Him. The afflicted will be glad. And join with me to magnify the Lord. Let us exalt.
0: Again, that was Josh Cherneil. Let us exalt his name together. Stay tuned for my interview with Josh coming up soon.
2: Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person, Saturday morning, at 10 a.m. 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton.
0: Next up, here's a beautiful arrangement of the Via Hafta. It's an important liturgy that Jews do in their temples all over the world. It comes out of Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 to 9. I'm sure you'll recognize it. It has words in it like, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Here's Josh Trunil again. Enjoy.
1: And all your heart with all your
0: Shalom, this is Ethel Chadwick. Today we are enjoying the music of Josh Ternille from his CD, Praise and Glory. Stay tuned for my interview with him coming up. Right now, here's a song that you'll hear at every Jewish wedding, Havanagila, which means Let Us Rejoice.
2: Avan, avan, Sunday, Rafin, bit of Sunday, Rafin, Rafin, Havana, sanna ya khur rahim ur rahim bere sanna ha afana gila hawa na gila hawa na gila be nispkha afana gila hawa na gila hawa na gila be nispkha hawa niranna afana
1: Information Yeshua Jesus you're the one.
0: This is Ethel Chadwick. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Wow, I really like the arrangements that Josh has done with these songs. Most of these are traditional songs that Liberated Wailing Wall recorded on many different CDs, and he's really changed some of these arrangements and kind of jazzed them up, and I really like what he's done. Stay tuned for a fun interview with him coming up soon, but we have time for some more music. As you will soon learn, Josh works for Jews for Jesus in Paris. And this next song is called Jacques Cher. And while I don't have the translation, it's a lovely song done on the accordion. Enjoy.
1: May my hand forget its skill May my tongue stand still If I forget you If I forget you, Jerusalem You promised us peace Terror is here, our enemies are multiplying, and the blood of our children covers the street.
0: Josh Trinil, welcome to Bagels and Blessings.
3: Oh wow, thank you. It's a blessing to be here. To I just wish I had a bagel and not a
0: croissant. Well, yeah, but you are in uh, Paris. <laughs> I am in Paris, and in
3: Paris well, we make a bagel to save our lives, but we do like croissants, so we <laughs> got some benefit
0: here. Oh wow, that sounds pretty delicious, though I have to say. <laughs> well, they're the best. Oh. Oh my goodness! Wow. All right. Well, Josh, your name was given to me recently, and I want to know all about you. So, can you tell me a little bit about how you were raised? Like, were you raised in a Jewish home?
3: I was. I was raised in a Messianic Jewish home. Uh, So, my um, we would uh, go to Messianic congregation. We'd also go to regular shul. Uh, But also, I grew up with a strong sort of knowledge of uh, faith in Yeshua.
0: That is amazing. So early
3: on, I had to navigate between those identities. You know, um, also knowing that uh, it was, it was um, maybe I was not really connected to um, other people who were like me, even though we did uh, frequent a Messianic congregation that was quite far away. But it felt kind of a, a bit of a strange identity in a world that didn't have much place for messianic jews now of course things have changed
0: wow well you know the question i love to ask people that were raised in a believing home and i think this came right out of the jews for jesus organization the expression that being in a bakery doesn't make you a bagel any more than just being in a believing home makes you a believer so was there a time when you had your own encounter with Yeshua, separate from just your family's, you know, upbringing of you?
3: You know, I, lo- I love that statement. We actually have translated that into French, but of course, since bagels aren't really known here, going back to our original conversation, we had to make it culturally more interesting by calling it croissant instead of a bagel.
0: <laughs> of course you did.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, God has no grandchildren, as they say, and so I actually had to make my own way to face uh, in a rather surprising way. I was on a plane, and I sat next to a a man who asked me, if you were to die tonight, what would you say to God if he asked you why should I let you into my presence, you know? And so that question kind of took me off guard, you know, but it's probably a good question to ask somebody on a plane if you were to die tonight. Kind of makes the question more pertinent, more relevant. So (laughs) I realized that despite the... um, uh, the the good heritage spiritual heritage cultural heritage that I had uh, despite all the all the knowledge I had of uh, both what Judaism was and what christianity was I realized that it wasn't i wasn't closer to God than anybody else, and so I really needed that personal relationship so that was the first thing that that first question i didn't let him see it, but it really shook me the question shook me. Um, and it left me uh, unsettled for a long time And so I met a few other Christians with whom I could exchange and work through those things. And then I was invited to a, uh, a sort of an evangelistic event where someone asked a question and I raised my hand and stood up, you know, in a very traditional kind of sense. I, I uh, made a public confession of my faith in Yeshua and a desire to follow him.
0: How old were you at this point? I
3: was 18. So I was just at the beginning of my adult life. I was... Uh, in university, I was studying French literature, and uh, later, little would I know that later that would uh, bring me to, uh, to live and work in France.
0: Amazing. Well, Josh, tell me a little bit about how your life changed after you made your formal commitment to submit to Yeshua and to follow Him.
3: Well, I'd say uh, everything seemed different. It was. I was uh, getting up at the same time of day. I was going to the same classes. I was driving the same car. I was using the same road back and forth from work, back and forth from home. But somehow everything changed. So the the grass was greener. I could the birds singing meant something to me. Uh, what well, one everything was just brighter, and uh, there was a sense of being and belonging in god which i hadn't experienced before one really dramatic change that happened to me i was just thinking about that you know it's funny i was just thinking about that this week is that uh, i used to be very afraid of the dark i uh, probably watched too many horror movies when i was uh, (laughs) too young to assimilate what that is and you know what special effects were and so I was often quite afraid of the dark. So I would have to sleep with at least the door ajar, or the window open, or to make sure that there was a source of light. But as soon as when I after I gave my faith in Yeshua, it seemed like there was now a night light inside of me. And funnily enough, uh, I can only today I can only go go sleep if it's pitch black in the room. Even if the door is a little ajar, the windows open, is a tiny light, and the, on the other side of the house, I have to go up and turn it off because I can't stand the light when I'm trying to sleep. So it was a whole change that was sort of um, ontological. Another thing, uh, bringing it back to you know, uh, maybe our time together, is that for the first time I understand, I understood what Jewishness meant. Whereas before it was just a cultural thing, it was a, a pedigree thing, it was, an ident- it was an identity thing, but I didn't realize that uh, it actually had a sense of destiny and of calling in being uh, Jewish as a servant of God, as a light to the nations. So that I got a very, very strong sense of what Jewishness was meant to be, why why I was Jewish, and why Jewish people even existed.
0: Mm, that's amazing. So, you obviously discovered your calling. Tell me a little bit about how the Lord has been using you.
3: Well, I'm—I've uh, been serving the Lord with Jews for Jesus in France for about 25 years, and I—I, um, uh, um, uh, it's France is home to the largest Jewish community in Europe. It's mostly Sephardic, a uh, Jewish uh, Jewish community. Uh, it's. Considered one of the most un, uh, as they call it, the unreached people groups. The Jews of France are considered the last unreached people group of uh, of Europe. There's less than one percent of evangelical Christians in France, and there's uh, probably about twice as many French Jews as there are evangelical Christians in France. So, being a missionary to the Jews in France is uh, is a bit of a it's a it's a challenging. Context, a challenging culture, um, and a challenging place to be. Uh, so, what does that look like? What does it look like to be a missionary to the Jews in France? It means um, uh, helping to reach Jewish people organically from within the Jewish community. How to actually be a witness from within the Jewish community is is a challenge, but that's where we're. That's what we're working on. That's what we're working in.
0: Mm. Isn't One of the challenges, always, that a traditional Jewish person thinks that us believers are trying to convert them to another religion. How do you get past that?
3: that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, So um, that's a good question, how do we get past that? Well, I think you have to leave a lot of room for the Holy Spirit. A lot of room for, for God to, to do that work in people's lives. You know, some sometimes you just can't um, turn something on in the person's life that God hasn't turned on yet. So um, the identity issue is really a big one here uh, in France, especially because uh, France is home to where 76,000 Jewish people were, were sent off to the gas chambers. Um, and so that happened here. It didn't happen in another country. It didn't happen in another neighborhood. It happened really here. So the identity markers, the cultural markers, the difference between Jews and Christians is strongly felt, especially when it comes to the Holocaust, where so many of our people, and you know the South, feel like they died because of some sort of claim that Jesus had on their lives. And so to, to come to Jesus is a betrayal in its utmost sense. Um, however, uh, so that's you know you have to leave room for the holy spirit you have to uh, be a part of the people where they're at so one thing that's very important for me personally but also for our ministry is that we participate in holocaust commemoration we uh, are active in jewish causes especially as is concerned with anti-semitism i don't know if you're aware of this but anti-Semitism is a
0: huge problem in Fran- in Europe in general but in France in particular oh yeah
3: just in the last two, in the last two years 400 headstones have been graffitied over with Nazi swastikas here in France
0: that's awful um,
3: yeah and uh, synagogues and Jewish organizations are constantly being attacked or or, or, uh, or threatened uh, you know we have a, a shop front in the center of Paris that has got a big juice for Jesus sign on it And we also get threats ourselves. We can get bullets in the mail. Uh, We could get tagged ourselves. Um, We we could get, uh, we've gotten threat letters, letters of threat saying that uh, we're going to be killed or or bombed or attacked. And so a part of helping uh, Jewish people understand who we are is to help them understand that we're also a part of the Jewish community, but also that Jesus was a part of the Jewish community and Jesus suffered and died. So if anyone understands Jewish suffering, Jewish martyrdom, it's definitely Jesus.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I bet you have some success stories to share. I don't know, this is putting you on the spot, but can you name one or two examples of successfully reaching a Jewish person and the light came on and they realized that Jesus is the Messiah?
3: i'd love to i'd love to um in fact we've been really blessed lately and we've seen quite a few people come to face in jesus
0: yay so
3: i mean yeah it's it's been a blessing and, you know it, it, like i said this is kind of a hard field Francis. it's also known as a missionary graveyard But just of late, Ethel, we've been blessed with a lot of people opening their hearts to the Lord, which is, you know, not to be triumphalist, because I have to be careful, because it is hard. It's not every every year that we have so many people coming to faith. But one of the people who recently came to faith is a woman named Irma. And Irma grew up in a traditional Sephardi kosher eating home. In fact, she was the one who did kosher for all of her family. So for Passover, Pesach, Rosh Hashanah, she was the one who was making food for everyone. And of her religious family. So Ir- Irma actually, in, in a strange way, she got, um, she she got, she heard about Jesus through a Muslim co-worker, which is kind of odd. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So a Muslim, she, works, she worked for the government at that point, And a Muslim co-worker told her, look, my husband gave me this uh, this little card that had a little gospel verse on it and it was a, a card that was given to her husband uh, by a Catholic coworker, And so the husband was Muslim, and he really liked the card, but he felt Muslim, he felt like he shouldn't keep it, so he gave it to his wife, and his wife gave it to Irma, who's Jewish. And so he, Irma said to her, Look, I'm Jewish and you're Muslim, how is it that I'm, getting, I'm taking this card? How is it that you're giving me this card? But she took it, and she read it, and uh, it really ministered to her. She really connected to it, and she really felt attracted to Jesus. So... She called us up at the office, and it was around Simchat Torah. It was around Simchat Torah. And she called me, uh, and she said, Josh, I feel really conflicted, because my parents died around Simchat Torah. And this time of the year, I'm always thinking about my parents. They raised me to be a good, traditional Jewish girl, and I feel like I'm betraying them. So I said to her, look, Yirma, your parents are with God now, and now they know the truth. And if they were here, they would tell you what I'm here to tell you. Uh, believing in Jesus is no betrayal. It's a return to faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And on the phone, she accepted Jesus, just to receive Jesus for her, as her Savior. And uh, she prayed for us to ask forgiveness of sins. And then I hung up the phone. And you know what I did, Ethel? What? I didn't do anything. I didn't get her name. I didn't get her phone number. I didn't know where she lived. If one of my colleagues had done that, I would have been so upset.
0: Oh my gosh! I'd be like, oh no! How do I contact her? <laughs>
3: It, it was impossible. But two days later she came to the office and I was able to confirm with her that it was a real decision. And throughout the whole interview she was crying. And uh, she said to me, Josh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, an emotional person. Why is it that I'm crying all the time? So I said, why don't we read a passage and then you tell me. So we read the passage where the woman came in to wash Jesus' feet with her hair and her tears And then there was a religious person with jesus who was very critical saying if, if this was really a prophet he'd know what kind of woman this is and then jesus shares with simon the guy's name is simon the parable of two people who are in debt and both debts are forgiven one debt is bigger than the other and he asks the question simon who loves the person more and simon responds the person whose debt is greater and so he says just so this woman her debt is greater and so she loves more and uh, so I, after we read that story, I asked Irma, why are you crying? And she looked at me with tears streaming down her face with a huge smile saying, because I'm forgiven. She said, because I'm forgiven. That's why I'm crying.
0: Oh, so, that's just Irma
3: beautiful. is uh, a powerhouse. She's witness to her family. Uh, she is now studying in Bible college. This is, she finished a first year in Bible college. Is going on to a second year, wants to serve the Lord. So that's probably one of the, that's a, that's a very near and very recent story. And like I said, I've got a few others that I'd love to share if we had more time, but I know that you don't have all the time to hear all this stuff anyway.
0: Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Oh, that's so exciting. So this is gonna be a hard question to answer too, but is there one particular scripture that really inspires you and, and helps you in your walk?
3: Um, well, thank you, yeah, that, that is a hard question hard one but I think I could find something if I just have a second but before I say remember as we were saying how do we how do we make it how do we help people not see a contradiction in terms between their Jewishness and their and Jesus
0: yes know?
3: that's a question you were asking me before well as in, in, as in Irma's case as in many cases I've seen uh, sometimes it's the most unlikely testimony of how the Holy Spirit's been working in that person's life so my role often is to discern what God's doing in the life of the other person uh, because I can't push them over the line, and if I could, I don't know if that kind of decision would stick, but it's my role as a missionary, as a minister, to find what is, what is the, the Holy Spirit doing in their, that life at that point? Even with an aggressive person, you know, even someone who's angry, you know, what, what's, what's God doing in this moment, in this person's life? And what is my role? Why is it that I've met them at this stage in their life? To help them, you know, to get further, closer to the Lord in, in some way. Even if I don't see always the fruit, I've told you a great story. But not all of them are like that. Um, but I just have to fa- have faith that God is working in the life of the other person. That's why they met me. And that I'm there to contribute or to accompany them through a part of that journey towards faith.
0: Mm, and of course you um, pray for them.
3: Oh, yeah. Big, you know, without prayer. Yeah. Without prayer. So... Um, what, what verses carried me, uh, you know, I think there's, uh, let me just say a verse that has recently, uh, spoken to me just a little while ago, I was actually sharing with a colleague and I, I've been reading the Bible through in a different version than what I'm used to. And it's really great, uh, because it helps me read verses that are familiar, but that I can, you know, um read them in a a different light, you know. Mm -hmm. And so there's um, a wonderful verse I was uh, looking at. Uh, It's about the um, God seeing his people in the future. And he says something. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, He sees a glorious future, and then it's, okay, here it is. I think this is it, yeah. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore he will rise up to show you compassion. Mm. And then it says, Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teacher will not hide himself no more. And with your own eyes you will see him. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. So... Even though Isaiah is sort of deploring a time of spiritual darkness where people aren't hearing God's voice, here God says to the Jewish people through the prophet Isaiah, one day that won't be the case anymore, and I won't hide myself from you anymore, and I will speak to you, and you will listen. Um, so that's a verse that's been giving me a lot of hope, saying that there's, there's a part that uh, I have to do my part, but God's doing his part, and one day he will not hide himself anymore, and Yeshua will be clearly revealed uh to all to all of our people.
0: Amen. And where was that verse in Isaiah?
3: It's Isaiah thirty and verse uh twenty. Twenty and twenty one.
0: Very good. This I is know. the way. Walk in it. I like that. I like it very much. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Is there any particular way you would like the listeners to be praying for you?
3: Yes. So um This one's kind of a hard one, because uh, it means me having to, to, you always have to balance a prayer request with sort of what's going on in in your ministry, uh, so that it doesn't threaten the kind of working, the ministry relationships we have, so um, I guess what I'd like to say is that we've had a lot of open doors within the Jewish community uh, to partner to minister, to work alongside with these issues, whether it's uh, Holocaust commemoration or um, or other things. So one of the, the things we've been able to joyfully participate in, Jews for Jesus officially is partnering with the synagogue in Paris, and, and we're working with them on high holiday events. We're not working undercover and secret. We're totally open about who we are as a ministry, and we've developed some good relationships within that Jewish community and within several other Jewish organizations. Uh, But lately, with one organization, which I won't name just now, uh, we've been getting uh, a lot of publicity. Uh, I was interviewed on the Jewish radio station about this organization, and doors have been opened to us uh, to be able to work with this organization, and it's an organization connected to Holocaust memory and Holocaust commemoration. And so recently, seven Jewish organizations have uh, co-signed a, a, circular, a circular letter saying that this organization is uh, a, um, how do you say it, a front for Jews for Jesus that is preying on Holocaust survivors to convert them in this, uh, in this twilight of their lives. So they've sent that letter out to all of the Jewish community in Paris and it's, clo- and it's started to close a lot of doors. And we've been getting a lot of people that um, have asked us, you know, are you really trying to prey on Holocaust survivors? And are you, uh, you know, what are your methods, this kind of thing. So it's, um, it's a bit of a, a difficult time for us in those relationships because we've always been quite upfront about what we do. But now it seems like there's been a sort of a, a front against the ministry we've been doing here locally because it's been very positive and people have been opening up their homes to us. So,
0: mm. um, I just want to pray Isaiah 5417 over you and all of us who are in ministry that no weapon formed against us will prosper in the name of Yeshua and i I just think what you're doing is amazing and man i sure wish i knew that you were there i visited paris for the first time ever with my husband in 2010 if i knew you were there i would have contacted you so we could have had a croissant together
3: (laughs) oh that would have been lovely i wish you did but that means you have to come back and visit our beautiful city
0: absolutely it must be incredible did you ever beyond your wildest dreams Think that you'd end up living in France?
3: Well, it uh, it definitely it definitely wasn't what I was planning on doing. I was going to be a doctor in really? New York. Really? Yeah, but I think God has enough Jewish doctors in New York, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, God bless you. Is there is there anything else you'd like to share about? your own personal journey or about your your life or anything else you want to share before we end our time together
3: well um yeah i think i would like to say um god uh, has uh, maybe somebody's out there and is doubting whether or not god is calling them to ministry Well, I'd like to encourage them to really take time to uh, seek the Lord's face, to ask advice of friends who are willing to tell them the truth. Uh, But I knew that my own calling happened through a very, very um, specific call of the Holy Spirit to come and serve the Lord in France. But also God used friends in my life to speak to me and to say, look, this this is really the giftings that we see. This is the fruit we already see in your life and we think that this is this is really God's call in your life. So, I'd like to challenge people to, if they have kind of dismissed uh, opportunities to serve the Lord in full time ministry, I'd like them to potentially reconsider that and uh, and ask, invite the Lord to speak to them and open their heart enough so that the Lord can uh, can s- a potential calling into ministry.
0: Amen. Well, may the Lord continue to. Bless you, keep you safe, give you favor, give you wisdom and discernment. And I'm so excited to talk with you. And I want to thank you so much for being my guest on Bagels and Blessings. Thank
3: you, Ethel, for having me on Bagels and Blessings. It's been a blessing, even though I don't have the
0: bagel. (laughs) You enjoy your croissant and your coffee. (laughs) I'll think about
3: about you as I do.
0: All right. Shalom for now. Shalom, shalom. Arrovar, arrovar. Arrovar, arrovar. That was my interview with Just Pernil and now here's Phil Kline with the ironic benediction.
1: Ivar gehe hadonai, va yis morcha. Yagerodunai panavleha, vi kuncha.
0: Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom alechem, Peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom.